up, we're gonna start singing and wave hello to your neighbors around you. once again to Burlington Baptist Church. What an opportunity that we have to be in the house of the Lord. And the sun was out this morning, 40 degrees. I tell you, it doesn't get any better, does it? My name is Beth Claxon, and I'm the Children's Ministry Director here at Burlington Baptist Church. And if you're a first-time guest, if you're either watching with us online or if you're here in our sanctuary, we're glad you're here. And I'd like to encourage you as a first-time guest to fill out one of our connection cards so that we can get to know you a little bit better. Now, you can do so by stopping out at our um, starting point desk in our atrium and filling one out. Or if you are watching online with us this morning, we're glad you're here. And you can fill one out um, electronically by just clicking and following the link to that connection card. We've got a lot of great things going on here at Burlington Baptist Church. And the first thing I want to mention to you is today um, was the deadline, if you were participating in our baby bottle campaign, to bring those in for um, to with CareNet that we partner with. 
and those are due today, but you know what? You can still participate. You can drop it in out at our atrium at our starting point desk, or you can bring it by one day this week to the church office. So make sure you get those into the church office this week. So tonight, if you're a married couple, and I know there's lots of married couples out there, rather, or if you are engaged, I was told. So if you're engaged or married, one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, whatever, we would love to have you come tonight and participate in our marriage small group. It's going to begin tonight, so they're starting off, so you're not too late to sign up and come, and that's going to be tonight out here in our atrium at 6 p.m. So the next thing I tell you that I'm really, really excited to tell you about, and that is that on Wednesday, March the 10th, we are going to be starting back with our Kids Rock program. Yay! <laughs> It is an exciting time. You do not have to sign up, just show up. Now, since it is COVID, it is gonna be a little bit different. Um, it's only gonna be for an hour from seven until 8 p.m. And so we can social distance a little bit better. We're gonna be meeting over in the activity center. So again, that's Wednesday nights, seven to eight. And um, that's where our first through fifth graders will be. But now our little guys, um, we will have a nursery. And our little guys all the way up through preschool, we will also be having something for them. And they will be here in their regular area. So birth through fifth grade, and Jeff has kids from sixth grade on up. It's going to be happening here on Wednesday night, so you need to be here. Now, if you're an adult, there are men's groups that are meeting and women's groups that are meeting as well. So we would love to have the whole family come and join us on Wednesday nights. So let's continue to worship with this thing. I tell you, they sound pretty good this morning, Danny. They sound really good. So let me lead us in a word of prayer, please. So would you bow your heads? Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we just love you and praise you and thank you for who you are, the Lord Almighty. And God, we thank you for your endless love for us. We thank you for forgiveness, God. And we thank you that any time that we seek you, or that's through any type of prayer and petition to you, God, that you listen and you're there for us. God, we ask now that the Holy Spirit come to open our hearts and minds to receive the word and the sermon on Pastor Harold's heart to share with us this morning, God. And as we continue to lift our voices in song, again, we praise you and love you and pray these things in the most precious name of Jesus. Amen. And at this time, one of our youth, it's been really nice to have them come up. We have Isaac Ramsey, who's going to come up this morning and lead us in a word of scripture. I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Y'all go ahead and stand back up. We're going to sing some more. So this is a song that we uh, introduced last week. We tricked you with that first one. Everybody knew that first one, so everybody was singing real good. We want you to sing really, really loud on this one, too. The chorus is good. Remember when I'm weak 
going to sing a, another song for you this morning, and you guys all know it, so we want you to sing as loud as you can with us. We always want you to sing as loud as you can with us, by the way, but uh, on this one particularly, um, sometimes I think it's important just to sit back and think about all the things that Jesus did for us and why we do some of the things we do at church uh, with um, the Lord's Supper and things like that, and this song encompasses all of that, plus it's my dad's favorite, so if he's watching, he'll be singing as loud as he can.
Amen. Thank you, praise team. Don't you love coming, singing about the Lord of all and Jesus, the Messiah, and His amazing grace? Anybody enjoy that? Anybody get up, get up excited this morning about coming to church? I did. I just couldn't hardly wait to get here, and uh, I'm excited. Listen, I'm going to tell you what. Anybody have a who's your one you're praying for to be saved this year? Some of you? I asked all of you to. Everybody should have your hand up. Anyway, my one, Ken, he, he stayed after church, the first service, and uh, he got saved this morning. So, woo! Do, do you all let preachers dance around here? Woo! I could. I feel like I could. I'm so excited. Listen, if you, if you pray for people to be saved and plant some seeds, listen, God will bring the harvest. I promise you, he'll bring the harvest. He loves to see people saved. And so uh, if you don't have somebody, you should. You should have someone you're praying for and looking for opportunities to share the gospel with. And uh, you'll get a dance when they come to know Jesus. And so we started this year with a series called uh, uh, Turning Our Eyes Upon Jesus. And uh, just in light of the fact that there were so many distractions in 2020, and, and we want to look to Jesus because we know that Jesus changes hearts and lives. And uh, at the end of last year, this book came out called uh, Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. And I, I've really enjoyed this. I've read it twice, which usually I don't do that, but uh, I've enjoyed it that much. I gave Sam one, and he's enjoying it, and uh, I don't have any more, but... Uh, Anyway, there's a chapter in here about Jesus being gentle and lowly in the heart of Jesus, and uh, so I'm going to use a lot of that in this uh, message this morning about the heart of Jesus. I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 11, and so if you'll turn there and stand with me, uh, we'll honor together God's Word, 
as we look at the heart of Jesus. Man, I see a lot of young people back there. I'm always glad to see, I'm glad to see old and young, uh, but sometimes just a little extra glad to see uh, a bunch of young people. So welcome, and uh, it's good to see all of you this morning. I'm glad you're here, and uh, had some some uh, some uh, folks that got their vaccines that came back to the early service, and we had a little designated area for them. And uh, if that's something that uh, you might be interested in, we do that in the first service. But anyway, Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Father, I just think about this beautiful invitation. Let's come to Jesus. Come to me with all of our labors and burdens. And uh, Lord, I, I think about all the times where I've held on to those and tried to deal with them myself. And, and yet there's this beautiful invitation to come and to bring our burdens, to cast them all upon Jesus. And uh, Lord, I pray that your spirit would just give us ears to hear this beautiful invitation. Uh, I pray for those who have never come in faith to Jesus, that, that this will be the, the day of their salvation. I thank you for Ken and for saving him this morning, and I rejoice in that. Lord, I faith, pray for the believers that, that are here this morning, even those listening online. I pray that, that we'll be reminded that we have an invitation to bring our burdens to Jesus. Thank you for caring for us, and uh, we pray that... Now, your voice would be strong. We'd have ears to hear today, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. You know, we have four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and in those four Gospels, we have records of the, the life of Jesus, uh, his birth, uh, his ministry, his prayer habits, uh, his disciples, his teachings, his miracles, uh, his journey to the cross, his death on the cross, his burial, his resurrection. Uh, we have all that in the Gospels, and so we have lots of information about Jesus. And then we have thousands of books that have been written by theologians that, that uh, teach us. And so uh, we have all this information, and uh, there's this realization that there's just one place that Jesus tells us about his heart, and it's in these verses, verse 29, Jesus says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And so I just, I'm going to have a real simple message this morning. Two points. The first point is, I want us to see the gentle heart of Jesus. The gentle heart of Jesus. And uh, let me just say this. When we use the word heart, we, we sometimes think about our emotional life. Uh, I love you with all my heart, kind of a Valentine's type but in the scriptures, when, when they use the word heart, it's an all-encompassing word that speaks of the, the center of who we are. And so it's our heart, our mind, our will, our, our, our soul. Uh, it's what drives us. It's who we are. It's the, the hoe of, of each of us. And so with that understanding of heart, if I were to ask you this morning to give me a, a couple-word description of the heart of Jesus... <coughs> What would you say? And, and I was just thinking about that this week, and, and maybe we would say bold and powerful. Uh, maybe we'd say glorious and caring, loving and wise. And listen, I, there's all kinds of words that we might use, and they, you know, if we said powerful, if we said grace, love, boldness, wisdom, glory, all those words would, would describe Jesus so what I find so amazing is that Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, uh, when he was given the opportunity to reveal himself, his innermost being, his heart, he said, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. Gentle and lowly in heart. I, and I thought, you know, I want to be like Jesus, uh, but if you were to ask me to describe myself, I, I'd probably try to come up with more lofty terms, I, pastoral or, you know, some, something lofty. And, and yet, uh, as we attempt to turn our eyes upon Jesus, uh, we see that he is gentle and lowly. And so I want to kind of look at those two words. The first one is gentle, ESV. Uh, it's humble in the King James Version. The word is praos, 
it's used three other times in the New Testament. And so when you're studying uh, scriptures and you see a word, and uh, sometimes it's helpful to go and see where it's used in other places and see what, how it was translated and what it was used. And so this particular word is used by Jesus in Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are the meek, for they'll inherit the earth. The same word here, translated meek. It's used in Matthew 21, 5. And this is uh, when Jesus is riding into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. He's on a donkey. And uh, Matthew quotes from Zechariah 5, 5. He says, Behold, your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey. And so here it's translated humble. And then Peter uses it in description of a, of a lady in 1 Peter 3, 4, with a gentle and quiet spirit. And so we could say that this first word to describe Jesus' heart means gentle Humble, meek. The second word, uh, translated as lowly, hapanos in the Greek, is similar, and it's most often translated as humble. Uh, Jesus or James uses this word in James four six when he says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the the humble or the lowly. Same word. And then uh, Paul uses it in Romans 12, 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. And so we got these two words, gentle, humble, meek, and lowly, humble. Well, Orland says in his book, the point in saying Jesus is lowly is that he is accessible. For all his resplendent glory and dazzling holiness, his supreme uniqueness and otherness, no one in human history has ever been more approachable than Jesus Christ. No prerequisites, no hoops to jump through. No, Jesus is gentle and lowly and accessible. Now, doesn't that amaze you that God would be so accessible and gentle and humble? It should. I mean, the eternal Son of God became flesh and, and came to the earth. I mean, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 14 says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And, and John says, we have, we have seen His glory, the glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. John was just amazed that, that the Word, who is Jesus, became flesh and, and as men, they were able to see him and behold him. Jesus' own self-description of himself is gentle and lowly in heart. Orland said this, if Jesus hosted his own personal website, the most prominent line under the About Me section, you know, when you have that menu and there's an option About Me, if you clicked on About Me, it would say gentle and lowly in heart. Isn't that cool? That Jesus would describe himself as that. And listen, church, I'm not sure that's the view that we often have of, of God and Jesus. Some, sometimes we think that he is a hard and mean taskmaster. And that he's put all this on us and he's just waiting for us to mess up so that he can strike us down. Sometimes we've had that kind of view. Now we remember back, maybe you were here on the first uh, Sunday of this year. We started this series and we were in Revelation chapter 1. And in Re Revelation chapter 1, John sees this vision of the resurrected Lord. And he describes him as uh, one who has eyes like the flames of fire. Uh, you, you remember that? Uh, a voice like the roar of many waters. Uh, from his mouth comes a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in all of its brilliance. Well, that's all true of, of Jesus. Those are all true descriptions. I was thinking about uh, the song. Jeff, I think, wanted me to sing this morning. He said, I'm not one of those preachers that sing. But you remember that song? Our God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. Y'all remember that? Anybody? There's nothing that he can't do. Well, who? Somebody sing that for me, would you? <laughs> Our God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God can. All those things are true about God. I mean, he's almighty. He's powerful. And yet he's able to balance his almightiness, his power. He's able to balance all that and yet at the same time be perfectly gentle and lowly, humble. Now, uh, anybody want to be like Jesus? I do. Well, this means we've got to humble ourselves. Instead of being puffed up, and we gotta, we humble ourselves. 
And so we're going to talk more about the, the heart of Jesus before we conclude this morning. But let's journey through these rich verses. Verse 27 says, All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. That word know there is, is, speaks of a word of the most intimate knowledge that one can have of another. And so in this statement, uh, Jesus is highlighting his relationship with the Father. And as such, Jesus alone reveals to us the Father. Now, if you remember, the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews 1.1, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Well, we, we have a record of that. We have Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. We have all these prophets, and God spoke to them so that people could know Him and His desires. But in these last days, Hebrews 1.1 says, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He has created the world. And so listen, Jesus alone reveals the Father. And that's part of the purpose for His coming. He didn't merely come with a word from God. No, He came as the Word of God made flesh. He came to reveal God to man. And so we know God the Father through the revelation of God the Son. Now, Jesus doesn't say there that through the wisdom and understanding in the world that uh, you can know the Father. The only way to know the Father is through the Son. Now, we call that divine grace. You say, what does that mean? It means that in His mercy and in His grace, God must reveal Himself to us. And He does that through His Son. And when He does it, listen, we respond. We don't respond with indifference and unrepentance, but we respond in human faith. God reveals Himself, and we respond in faith. We respond, listen church, not in self-righteous religion, not in prideful intellect, but in the humble trust of a child, acknowledging our total dependence upon God. That, that's what salvation is. God reveals himself, and we respond in faith, even childlike faith. And so listen, if you have heard the good news and you have responded in repentance and faith, praise God because according to verse 26, that was part of God's gracious will for you, to reveal himself to you. Verse 25 says, the Father has hidden these things from the wise and understanding and he has revealed them to little children. I mean, the scribes and the Pharisees, they couldn't get it. Uh, but Jesus said, bring the little children. I'll share it with them. And so, as we consider the gentle heart of Jesus, the second part is I want you to see the, or hear the gracious invitation of Jesus. This is why I woke up so excited this morning, I think, is verse 28. Come to me. Here is God saying to us, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Come to me, and I'll give you rest. This is an invitation that offers rest for tired people. Now, in the most immediate context, Jesus offered rest to those who were burdened down by the, the religious systems of their day. The scribes and the Pharisees, they said, you've got to jump through all these hoops to get to God. And listen, 2,000 years later, I talk to people and they'll say things like, well, I've got to get some things straightened out, then I'll come. Well, Jesus says, come on now. Come to me, you who labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Listen, stop trying to work your way to heaven. Jesus did all the work that we need at the cross. He paid the price. It's not dependent upon us. He did it all. All to him we owe. And so he says, come, and I'll give you rest. Now, at the end of verse 29, I'll give you rest for your souls. No, he didn't say rest for your bodies. He said rest for your, your soul, your, your being. Come to me, I'll forgive your sins, I'll give you rest from trying to earn or merit your salvation. Paul said in Titus 3, 5, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His mercy. It wasn't about us doing a lot of righteous stuff, no. He saved us according to His mercy. And listen, Jesus gave me rest 
eternal rest for my soul. And listen, I serve him with my body because he has given rest to my, to my soul. Colossians 1, 28 and 29. Paul says, Him we proclaim, talking about Jesus, we proclaim Jesus, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. That's the go. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Listen, church, I don't toil and I don't serve him to be saved. I serve him out of gratitude. All the while that I serve him with my body, I'm able to rest in his amazing grace. Knowing that my salvation is not dependent upon what I do, but what Jesus did for me on the cross. Now let me point out some things about the Lord's gracious invitation. First of all, it's an invitation for everybody. Do you hear that? Come to me. Who? All. Yeah. All of you. I believe Jesus' invitation is for all people, all ages, all races, all ethnicities, all. Now, some of you will say, oh, I didn't call time out here. You said back in verse 27 that uh, no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son. I believe that. Jesus said that. I, I believe that 100%. I also believe that he gives an invitation in verse 28 to all who will come. 1 Timothy 2. 3 through 4. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved. And Listen, I'm not sure everybody in the church believes that. That it is good to God that all people would be saved. And uh, listen, if Jesus desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth, what in the world should keep us from proclaiming His gracious invitation to everybody in our community that they can come to Jesus and find rest? And that's why we want to take the gospel to, to every home in our community this year. They, because Jesus invites them all. We should too. Secondly, it's an invitation for those who are burdened by sin. Verse 28, those who labor and are heavy laden, that, that s speaks of a sense of one's burden over their sin and the weight of sin. And Many people today, like the unrepentant people that Jesus mentioned, if you read back a, a few verses, uh, Jesus mentions the people in Chorazon and Bethsaida. He says, woe to them. They, they weren't burdened by their sin. Basically, they thought, well, we're okay. And there are many people in the church today, they think, oh, we're okay. And listen, we're not okay. We're sinners. And if we're left to ourselves, we're going to hell. People in our community, they're not okay without Jesus. They're on a broad road that leads to hell. John Duncan, he, he said it like this, sin is the handle by which I get Christ. Sin is the handle. Here's what he said. I don't read anywhere in God's Word that Christ came to save John Duncan, but he said, I read this. He came to save sinners. And John Duncan is a sinner, and that means that he came to save John Duncan. I like that. I mean, you can put your name in there. I don't read anywhere in here that says that Jesus came to save Harold Best, but it says that he came to save sinners, and Harold Best is a sinner, and so I'm qualified. And you put your name in there. He, he came to save sinners, and if you acknowledge your a sinner, then that applies to you. Listen, we, and listen, we don't come to Jesus after we clean up our sins. He says we come burdened with our sins, and we give the burdens of our sins to Jesus. And then finally, Jesus gives us a gracious invitation, but it's an invitation that requires or calls for our response. What is the response to Jesus' invitation? Well, the three words the verbs or action words in verses 28 and 29 come take and learn come take and learn let's look at those three and, and so this invitation I, I mentioned it you know we we give an invitation at the end of every service this is a an opportunity for people to respond to the word of God and the spirit of God and some churches don't do that and I I think it's good to but the the main thing is that Jesus invites us Jesus invites us and uh, the first part of the invitation is come verse 28 come to me come to me and have your sins forgiven come to me and and find life find rest for your soul and so he invites us to come and listen he doesn't drag you 
He doesn't beg you. He doesn't kick the door down. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens the door, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. He, he knocks. He invites. Graciously, gently, he invites people. He is graciously inviting some of you this morning to come to him. The second part of the invitation is to take. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you. Many of you are familiar with a yoke. You know, they they'd often put this wooden bar. Uh, it fits over the necks of an oxen, so you can pull a cart or a plow. We might have a picture of it. That's a yoke, and these two oxes are yoked together. Jesus invites us to come and to be yoked with him. And uh, I, I studied some things on yokes, and uh, I found out that yokes were most often shared between uh, one, one oxen was usually stronger than the other one. And when you yoked them together, the stronger, the more experienced animal would be able to, to guide the other according to the master's commands. And so they would be yoked together so they could pull the plow or pull the cart. And so I want you to kind of grasp what Jesus is saying here. Over in Matthew 23, verse 4, he was talking about the scribes and Pharisees. They, they tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. And so they wanted to load people down. Church, that's not the case with our Lord Jesus. No, he says, come to me. All you who labor are heavy laden. Bring your burdens. Give me those burdens, and I'll give you rest. I'll trade your burdens for rest. Take my yoke upon me, on you, and you'll find rest for your souls. The people were overburdened because they had failed over and over again to keep the burden of the law. They were burdened with guilt and with shame and the weight of sin, and they couldn't pull the weight, and they couldn't pull the weight of the law, and they couldn't pull the weight of the religious systems. And church, we, we got to be careful that we don't add to that weight. And here Jesus comes and he says, come to me and give me the weight of your sins. Get yoked to me. And so here's the picture. The commands of God, they're too heavy for us to carry. Now, the commands of God, they're not bad. They're good. The problem is we can't keep them. We, we, we can't bear them. On our own, we cannot obey the master's voice. And so Jesus invites us to come to him and be yoked with him. He says, take my yoke upon you. You see the picture? Jesus is the stronger one. And he invites us. He's the one who's able to, to bear the weight of the father's commands. He's the one who obeyed the law. He says, come and be yoked with me and I'll give you rest. Literally, I'll give you relief from, your, from bearing the load. And so praise God that in Christ we are free from self-effort and self-improvement and this constant struggle to overcome the guilt and shame of our We're free from that. Some of you need to get free. Listen, the gospel is not a call to try harder or to do better. That's not the gospel. <laughs> it's a call to come to Jesus. It's an invitation to receive the full pardon of all your sins and an invitation to be yoked to Jesus. And listen, by the way, when you're yoked to Jesus, he gives you the ability to obey God. You know, we talk about Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ. Listen, when you're yoked with Jesus, you can quote that because he's the strong one pulling the load. He enables us. He walks beside us. So I want you to get this. Christianity is not about self-effort to please God. Hudson Taylor, a great missionary to China, he, he finally came to the realization that the Christian life was not about his own efforts. And, and this is what was said of him afterwards. He, he was a joyous man, a joyous man now, a bright, happy Christian. He had been a toiling, burdened one before with not much rest of soul. It was rest in Jesus now and letting him do the work, which makes all the difference. Whenever he spoke in meetings after that, a new power seemed to flow from him. And in the practical things of life, a new peace possessed him. How was his faith strengthened? Not by striving after faith, but by resting on the faithful one. Church, it makes all the difference. 
And so listen, Burlington Baptist Church, the invitation, the gospel invitation is not about what you and I can do in, in or for the kingdom in our own efforts. No, it's about Jesus Christ living in and through and, and for us on a daily basis. It's about Him coming into us. Church, we're, we're, anybody weak? Anybody struggle with sin and temptations and trials? And Jesus invites us to get yoked to Him and allow Him to bear our burdens and pull the weight. And so come and take and finally learn. The word learn there uh, in verse 29 is the same word uh, translated disciple in the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. It's, it's the same word. And so Jesus is literally saying, uh, learn what it means to be my disciple and, and, and you'll find rest for your soul. Now why is that? Because I'm gentle and lowly in heart and I'm accessible for you. And he says, my yoke is easy. Now, he didn't say the Christian life is going to be easy. He said, my yoke is easy. That word translated easy is uh, often translated as kind or, or pleasant. It's, Paul uses it in Ephesians 4.32. Be, be kind, the same word, to one another, tenderhearted. We could say that it is a yoke of kindness. And so my yoke is easy and kind, and my burden is light. I, I think Jesus is saying, I got this. Just get connected. Just come and get yoked with me. We, we try to make it complicated. Jesus says, come on, just come with me. Think about it. Jesus alone knows the Father. He alone reveals the Father. And Jesus alone perfectly obeyed the Father. And so when we get yoked with him, he leads us in how to walk with the Father. And he enables us to do that which we can never do on our own. And sometimes we just throw up our hands and say, I can't do it. Listen, we can't do it. But Jesus says, come and be yoked with me. And we'll do it together. Isn't that an awesome invitation? And so listen, are you yoked to Jesus? Or are you trying to pull the weight yourself? And if you are, you're going to be tired. And so this morning, it's my privilege to lay before you the gentle heart of Jesus. He is gentle and lowly in heart. And I want you to hear this gracious invitation of our Lord. Listen, when faith is hard and the burden is heavy, Jesus says, come to me. And so maybe you say, well, I hear that. How do I come? Listen, you come in repentance, turning from your sins and turning to Jesus. You, you come in humility. You come like a child. You come with childlike faith. You don't have to have it all figured out. I, Ken's like, there's so much I don't understand. Listen, that, that's why Jesus said just come with childlike faith. Listen, when we tell our children to do something, they, we don't have to explain everything to them. They, they trust us. Jesus says, just come with, with childlike faith and, and come resting in Christ. Come to the one who is gentle and lowly at heart and find rest for your soul. And so I just say, come now to Jesus, to the one who is gentle and lowly in heart. Will you stand with me? Will you, will you bow for just a moment, maybe close your eyes and Man, my prayer this morning is that God would just give each of us ears to hear this gracious invitation to come. Can, can you hear this calling from Jesus? Listen, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you hear this gracious call this morning, would you just lift up your hand for just a moment? I, I'd love to pray for you. Do, you. do you hear the call this morning? Yeah, Father, I pray you give us ears to hear this most gracious call to come. Lord, I pray we hear it the right way. We, we don't hear a call to clean ourselves up and then come or jump through some hoops and then come or pay this much and come or keep all these rules and come. We don't, that's not the call. I pray they hear the, the gracious call of Jesus to come and find rest 
for their souls. I, I pray that if anyone here has been trying to earn salvation and trying to jump through the hoops and try to get it right, I, I pray that they'd be able to bring all those burdens and give them to Jesus today and find rest. Lord, for the Christians who've not heard the, the call to come and be yoked with Jesus, I, I pray today they they might give you the burdens that they're dealing with, the, the weight that they're trying to pull. I, I pray they'd come and give it to you today and, and be yoked with you and realize that you'll pull the weight. You'll take the burdens. Lord, I, I pray you just might give us a right view of Jesus today and we would find joy and freedom and life and peace and rest. Lord, some are so tired because they're, they've, they're trying to work so hard. That, Lord, I, I pray they'd find rest for their souls today. Lord, we long for some to be saved today and we'll give you all the praise because you, you're the one that accomplished our salvation. And we're thankful today that you're gentle and lowly and accessible. You're not a beggar. You don't demand us to come or kick the door down. You just gently and graciously invite people to respond. I, I pray that some would hear that call today and, and be saved. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, the call... The call's gone out. Jesus says, come. I'd love to talk to you about a relationship with Jesus this morning. You respond as the Lord leads you. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. from Jesus to come and he's just talking about how gracious it is and I'm sure there's some here that you, you need to come and find rest today and and maybe you've been taught wrong and maybe you're thinking I've got to do all this stuff and I, just before we end this invitation here this is the words from Jesus to just come and find this eternal rest that'll bring peace and joy to your heart. Listen, I, I want you to come. I'd love to talk to you about what it means to come to Jesus. And so we're, we're going to sing a little bit more, but if I can uh, explain some more about that calling, uh, just come down. I'd love to talk to you. So, so come now. Hear, hear the call of Jesus. Come. The Lord has promised is good is my
Amen. Be seated for just a minute. Man, the Lord's so good. Amen. Uh, Amy and Sarah, come up here for just a minute, if you would. Trey's getting her information. We like that. Uh, <clears throat> this is Sarah and Amy Webb, and uh, you've been coming maybe six weeks or five or six weeks anyway. Uh, Jenny and I got to go and have uh, some meatloaf with them uh, one night this week, Tuesday night. Yeah, and uh, we got to talk about the gospel and uh, they've been excited about the church, and uh, they, they uh, trusted in the Lord and uh, want to be baptized and be a part of Burlington Baptist. And we say, amen. 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 We're so excited. And, you know, uh, it, it seemed like the Lord was kind of working to help us understand what salvation is. It's not what we do, but what He did for us. And as a result of that, we, we want to love and serve. And, uh, and so we're excited for you guys. And uh, if we got any Bible study leaders that want to recruit them, I, I've already told uh, Amy about Connie's class, but uh, Sarah maybe is open game right now. But uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Sarah, thank you for reaching out to Sarah when she first came. And I know she knows some other people, but they felt welcomed. And so thank you all for making them feel welcomed. Uh, but Amy and Sarah, get to know them. We'll take their picture. Uh, we'll schedule their baptism. And uh, we'll celebrate that. And so welcome to Burlington Baptist. And uh, yes, praise the Lord. Amen. Yes. Uh, listen, I, I just, I've said this. I, people are just, there seems to be a, an openness right now to, to hearing the gospel. And just invite some people to come to church. I, I think some people would come if we invited them. And, uh, you know, we could get a few more in here. And so... Uh, invite people to join us. We'll try to keep them safe, but we want them to hear the gospel. And so be praying for someone, invite someone, and uh, we'll give God all the glory every time he saves someone. So thank you for being here this morning. Danny, feel close for us. I know of a good Sunday school class, by the way. You guys are looking. But uh, no, just the Dollar Club, the clear boxes on the way out, just like every week, and the offering boxes are back there. They're the black ones. They're labeled. So if you feel led to give, uh, they're out there. And if you have any questions, one of the deacons will help you. They're going to just uh, let us out like usual so we don't kind of pile up at the door. But other than that, enjoy. We're going to get some sunshine this week, so let's enjoy it. Let's pray together. Lord, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to... Uh, to just come into your house, Lord, and we thank you for the decisions that were made this morning, Lord. We not only get to welcome them into our church, but we get to welcome them into our family that we get to spend eternity with, and that is awesome. Uh, we just thank you so much for that, and thank you for being able to look at the person and the, and the personality of Jesus, Lord, in your book, and, and what he means to us, and his invitation for us to just come. Lord, help us to go tell somebody this week, and help us to recognize the opportunities to tell somebody. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs> 